I'm on. We've already had quite a bit of good spiritual food here today. John's Gospel, chapter 21. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but in verse 1 it starts off, says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. Now how many know where the Sea of Tiberias is? Yes, you do. That's the Sea of Galilee. It's called Tiberius after Caesar Augustus. Tiberius, Caesar Augustus. That's where it picked up that name. But it's the Sea of Galilee. If you've got a picture in your mind, the map of Palestine, you've got the Sea of Galilee all the way up to the north. Then you've got the River Jordan that comes out of it and comes down to the Dead Sea. <coughs> it doesn't go out anywhere. That's why it's dead the same. Anyway. All right. But that's chapter 21. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But now, uh, after they got fishing on the right side of the boat, they'd fished all night just on the wrong side. And the Lord came to them and told them, put that net on the other side. You're on the wrong side. Well, and they did. Uh, let's see. They were dragging the net. In verse 10, Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. <laughs> uh, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fish, big ones. Now, ain't, these ain't little minnows. A hundred and fifty and three. 153 big fishes, that's a lot of fish. And for all, there, for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. The Lord kept that net together. <laughs> Jesus said unto them, come and dine. That's a good song. The master saith, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst or dared ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh. And taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. How important is that? So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, that would be Simon bar Jonah, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? 
And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee, Jesus, saith to him, Feed my sheep. Verily I, uh, verily I say unto thee, When thou was young, he's talking to Peter now, When thou was young, thou girdest thyself and walk, walkest whither. If you remember the first part of this chapter, Peter girded himself up because he didn't have all his clothes on his fishing. I don't think he was totally nude. I think he's had like a swimming trunks on or something like that. Anyway, and walkest whether thou wouldest or where you would. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Folks, your old age don't go like your young age. It just doesn't go that way. It all changes. Prepare for it. Because if you live long enough, it's going to come. My aches and pains and all that. You think you got them as a young young person. You wait to get old. You'll find out what they're all about. Anyway. This spake he, verse 19, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Now we don't know for certain how Peter died. We think that he died crucified, but he was crucified upside down because he wouldn't permit himself to be in the shoes of his master. Anyway, he was, as all of the apostles, they all died a martyr's death of what, whatever kind it was. Well, this spake he signified by what death he should glorify God. Notice that. His death is going to glorify God. Is yours? And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. That's what I want to talk to you about. Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following. That would be John. Which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Of course, that was before the crucifixion. Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Peter, you haven't learned much yet, have you? Jesus said unto him, to Peter, not John, if I will that he tarry, John tarries, till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then with this saying abroad among the brethren that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? 
This is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Who's writing this? John. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, and the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. <clears throat> Peter's told that his life isn't going to finish up like it is right now. I don't know how anybody's life's going to fin finish up. I don't know how mine's going to finish up. But however they do, if you're a child of God, Jesus says, follow thou me. Mine. Brother Brown gave us these things in our lesson. He talked about what kind of a world it is. This was, that was written a long time ago. It was probably written back in the 60s, maybe the early 70s. I don't even have the dates of all those lessons. I could find them, but it's take a long time. <clears throat> but anyway, Ken Ham had a, well, it was a rerun of an article of what's going on in our world today. Now, y'all know that it's going to be maybe even worth your life to stand for the Lord and for the Word. It's coming to a town near you. It's on its way as we speak. Uh, if you are on the record as opposing... LGBT, homosexual behavior, freak marriages, two men and two women. If you agree that those are abominations in the word of God, not that we should take up arms and go try to hurt people. We have no business with that. But to recognize that that's evil. And not to permit our children to be raised with that as they are teaching in the government schools. And when I say government schools, I mean public schools. They're government schools, and that's what's going on. And furthermore, if you're on that side, we say we believe in a six 24-hour-day creation. We are opposed to the LGBT, so-called transgender, ridiculous garbage, and homosexual behavior. Now, sin is sin. All sin is sin. And all of that's in the same list as many other sins. But to, to be forced to not recognize it as sin means you're taking sides against God. He said, well, we need to show love. We show our love by standing for the truth of God's word. You don't have love for anybody, and especially God, 
when you compromise his word to get along with the world. But if we don't, something else. It's still uh, underway. They're trying right now. That atheist, Lawrence Krauss, that is a so-called professor in Arizona State. If you've watched any of our DVDs on atheists and against creationists and all that, you've heard about Lawrence Krauss. He's the one that says, never mind Jesus dying on the cross for your sins. A star died for you. A star exploded and spit out all that dust. That's where you came from. Now that's what he gets paid big time bucks at Arizona State University. And then all these people have him on their shows and all that. He's saying if you homeschool your child or children, those children should be taken away from you. Now he's got far more audience than I ever will have. So his influence is out there. And he's not the only one. So you need to understand this. We're going we're to encounter this. <clears throat> So what does it mean? Jesus said, follow thou me. That's what I'm talking about. Brother Dave brought us that devotion. Did he say to be extremely happy? If they say evil things about you and misuse you? That's exactly what he was saying. Well, I want us to see that we need to follow the Lord. Now, everybody's not a preacher. Everybody's not a teacher. Everybody's not a deacon. But every child of God has a service to God. Matter of fact, that's what we are to do as soon as we are saved. We are to confess the Lord. We are to be scripturally baptized and to fellowship with one of the Lord's New Testament churches in the truth and to begin growing in grace and knowledge of the truth. You see, we've had in the last two years or more, I don't know how long it's been now, <clears throat> with this China flu, Fauci flu, all over the country, I don't know about the rest of the world, I mean, lots of people have stopped even going to church. They've been given the excuse well, it's dangerous, so I don't have to go. What is it going to be if the word comes out, if we catch you all meeting and got your Bibles open, 
we're going to take you to jail. Now, how would that be for an excuse? My opinion is that would be even worse. But if we've got so many that have absolutely quit because of what's going on, what's been going on, what in the world will, no wonder Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? I say will, but it won't be very much. There'll be few and far between. You say, well, you just want to go to jail. No, I don't want to. No, I really don't. In my shape, I do not want to go to jail. But I will not give up anything serving the Lord, and I will not shut my mouth. Now, they can cut my tongue out. They did watch my knee. They cut his tongue out in the, in the box of rebellion. In China, they cut his tongue out. He was a preacher. Then he started writing. His, wor his works are still around. I've got most of them. I didn't agree with him on every point, but I agreed with him on most points. They cut his tongue out. Well, nobody could do that. Don't tell me they can't. They can and they do and they did. And no doubt will do again. And there would, there would be others <laughs> applauding it. They ought to cut his tongue out here for all the stuff he says. Why he says that my son, who's a homosexual, is an abomination to God. What kind of, what kind of love is that? That's what's going to happen. It's, I mean, and in other countries, it's happening right now. Canada, United Kingdom, Australia. Remember this, that your service to God is just like your salvation. It absolutely depends on the Lord. I want to have a service to God. I'm sure I haven't shown it perfectly in my life. But when I was considering, it took me about two years to make sure the Lord was calling me to preach. I knew I wanted to, but I wasn't sure the Lord wanted me to. Now, if that wasn't very smart, it probably wasn't. But I didn't think the Lord was going to punish me for serving Him while I'm trying to determine where he wants me to be. Amen. And I didn't get drunk, go back out in the world. I've heard guys say, oh, I started, I was going to surrender to preach, and I, just, I went back out and got drunk. I didn't do that. You know where I went? To church. You know what I got my nose in? The Bible. I'm searching. I can't hear the Lord out there. I hear the Lord right here, and you do too. Only here. You don't hear the, the Lord out there. The Lord doesn't speak to you. Oh, he's got the, his evidence out there, nature and all that stuff, trees, stars, moon and all that. But if you're going to communicate with God, you've got to do it through his word. He's spoken unto us through his word. Hebrews first chapter. Now, I've asked this question before. Now, if you're called to preach, you're called to teach, whatever, fantastic. 
But just how sure are you that you want to serve him? <laughs> it may cost you a lot to serve him. Look what he did all the apostles. Look what he's telling Peter here. Your old life, your old age ain't going to go like your young age. You're free and you can do it on your own. If you're young, you got your health and strength, you can do that. But either through your lack of health or lack of freedom, you're not going to have that in your old age. That's what he's telling Peter. So, verse 15 up here. I've already read them. <laughs> this is kind of interesting. When they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. That's kind of like follow me. He gave him a specific in following him. Not a pacific, a specific. Okay. Now, the Greek word, when Jesus said, Lovest thou me more than these, is agapao. It's a form of the Greek word agape, which is the highest type of love, the godly type of love. Now, there's more than these two words in the Greek, but they don't appear in the New Testament. There's agape, phileo, and then there's eros, but that doesn't appear in the New Testament. So, Peter answers... Phileo. Well, Phileo, you know the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Phileo, Delphi. That's, both of them are Greek. City of brotherly love is what that literally is. You've known that all your life. But somehow Peter doesn't answer with the same word Jesus asked. Evidently, he must have known the Greek. Wouldn't that make sense? All right. So, he said to him again, second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now notice, he dropped something. In the first verse, 15, he said, more than these. He doesn't say that in verse 16. I'm not even asking you to make a comparison. Do you just agape owe me? Or agapa is the word. And he said, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I feel that owe thee. He stuck to his guns on that. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. Now, I'm not going to get into why it's lambs and sheep. I think it's because it. It takes a little more tender heart to feed the lambs. I'm sure my wife would agree with me on that. Anyway, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, fill me. Fill thou me. 
Jesus comes down to Peter's level. Do you just love me as a friend? He's backed off of that, the highest kind of love. And Peter knows what's going on. Look what he, look his reaction. He was grieved. Because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? He changed the, not even expecting that highest type love, just brotherly love. And the Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Well, <clears throat> Peter comes to some, I'll tell you, the Lord, the Lord dealt with Peter. I mean, remember when the Lord just looked at him and he wept bitterly? That's when that cock crew three times. And Peter remembered what he had said when Jesus, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. All the rest of these people will. But I'll never leave. Oh, boy. As soon as you say that, you're in trouble right then. Anytime anybody talks like that, they're in trouble. Well, you all a bunch of heathen. I'm serving you. I'm serving God. And you all ought to do like I do. That's what Peter said. Didn't he say that? I'll never leave you, forsake you. No. Ha, not me, Lord. I'm in like fleeing, buddy. I'm right here. Well, when Jesus was taken, and he realized, when Peter realized, this ain't no joke. They're not playing around. I don't know whether I can stand this or not. And he got out there, a bunch of those Romans had fires going. And he warmed his hands by the Romans' fires. And they said, oh, he talks like one of them Galileans. He talks like one of them people been with Jesus. Not me. Man, what a switch. And he even cursed. Now, let's face it. There aren't too many of us that don't know some curse words. I'm guessing most of us, if we've never used them, we've certainly heard them. They've had a wreck. It's all them trucks passing by. Anyway, Peter, I believe, was saved, man. But the Lord didn't remove all that from him. He didn't make him sinlessly perfect when he saved him. And let me tell you something. He didn't make me that way neither. And let me tell you something. He didn't make you that way either. If you're saved, you've still got the old flesh with you. And at any time, you can switch back to it. Now, I'm not saying you lose your salvation. But I am saying you can sure get out of the way real quick. And Peter did that. And when he heard that cock, cock-a-doodle-doo three times, and there was Jesus. 
and just looked at him. And he wept bitterly. Because he knew what he had done. And now he's doing it again. He was grieved. Peter had some, I mean, he had some ups and downs, didn't he? And I think he, he got straightened out later, a little later on. <coughs> but I mean, he had some rough times getting going for the Lord. Some of us have rough time getting going for the Lord. Just make sure that, that you want to serve him. And then learn this. Your service to God has not a thing to do with anybody else. Isn't that what he's he telling Peter? He says, <laughs> I mean, it's really just kind of straightforward. People are all the love of Jesus, the love. Well, he said, what is that to thee? What business is it of yours? Now let me tell you something else about that verse. He said, verse 22, If I will, if I desire that he tarries, lives till I come back, what business is it of yours? What is that to thee? That's the kind of language he's using there. Do you know that the so-called Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, otherwise known as the Mormons, do you know what they do with that verse? They say that proves that our apostle came right straight from Christ. The head dude in charge of the Mormon church, he is the apostle and they teach apostolic succession just like the Catholics do. They say our Pope came right from Christ. As a matter of fact, he's the vicar of Christ on earth. That's what they say. Anyhow, well, let's go on. The Lord personally instructing Peter. And understand this. Unless the Holy Spirit impresses it upon our hearts, it won't get done in our lives. Uh, we come to church and we hear some stuff. I think, I think for the most part, any service that you come here, you're going to hear the Word of God. And if you want to grow, if you want to learn, you can. Amen? Amen. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's what we're about here. That's what I've spent my whole fifty-five years doing. Not that I'm a great scholar, but I've been studying the Bible fifty-five years as an adult. I started out as a kid and I didn't get very far, just as a kid can. But that's been on my heart ever since the Lord called me to preach. 
that I want to feed the Lord's sheep, lambs too. So, you come here, you can hear the word of God. Now there's been people that have got up and left because they heard far more than they ever intended to hear. And I know that for a fact. A lot of people do not intend to hear the word of God as it's proclaimed here. I understand that. I can't feed everybody. That's why we don't beg people to join this church. Well, maybe we ought to. No, we ought not to. You join this church, you come on your own. We've got a church covenant up here. I don't like that new one because it's different from this one. Uh, that little old card. This is one. This is one we all agreed to. Amen. But we agreed before God and before the church that we would abide by this covenant. And you know what that covenant says? One thing it says that we will support the services of this church. And that doesn't mean just on Sunday morning. I'm glad to see you on Sunday morning. But we have more services than that. And our covenant says we will support those. Amen? Amen. Am I out of my tree? And when I call somebody and talk to them about why you're not coming to church, and they get mad at me, don't I have a right as pastor to find out why somebody who has agreed to this church covenant, why they just decide they're not coming to church? Well, I'll tell you what, a lot of people don't believe that. You ain't told me no good for How can we have a church, the word means assembly, if we don't assemble? And we didn't agree to assemble at your house. We agreed to assemble at this house. Well, pastor, you never come to my house. I didn't agree to come there. I can't, if I can, I can't get in most of them. But that's not the issue. I come if I can. But this is the meeting place. This is where we meet. Well, that seems to be a problem with some. All right, but anyway. We come and we hear the word. And that's good. I appreciate that. I found out that some sit there on their phone and play with their phone on Surely nobody's looking at their phone right now. Anybody looking at their phone? Anybody got the phone out looking at it? Kids, y'all got your phone out looking at it? Anybody? Is your phone put up? Hopefully it is. Any adults got it? I've heard about adults sitting there playing at the phone while the sermon's going on. Well, guess what? They're not getting the word. There's no way I can compete with that. And you've got all them little electronic things you can do now. That gets you away. But it doesn't change the fact that it's God's will that he, uh, that he advances his people through the preaching and the teaching of the word in the assembly. Not, not, not the phone. Not the other pad or I, whatever pad they are. <clears throat> anyway, so we come to church, hopefully. And we listen to what's going on. We're not having a conversation with somebody else. And that, it used to be passing notes. Anything to take. You, say, you talk about Satan coming and snatching the word away. 
You reckon he does it that way? I'm sure he does. But then here's another problem. We hear the word. And then as soon as we go out that door, it is no more. We get on every other kind of subject and never discuss that anymore. Then it's gone. Well, oh, preacher, you never preached, but really? You just didn't listen. Anyway, can barely remember what was preached. So that seed has been snatched away. Now the main business of our lives <coughs> is stated in verse 19. <coughs> this spake he signified by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. And then he said in verse 1 to 2, Follow thou me. Well, I've got to have a job. Yes, you do. The Bible says man won't work, neither should he eat. And that's what it says. I didn't manufacture that, did I? Uh, Well, we want to have compassion on everybody. Well, people that can work need to be working. If they're sick, disabled, different story. But if they've got reasonable health, they ought to have some kind of gainful employment. They can feed themselves. But you are more than your job. When I hear somebody say, I'm an electrician. I don't think we've got any here, do we? Electricians. That's what I am. I'm an electrician. There's a lot of people feel that way about their job, about their trade. They do. You are not what you do. If you're a child of God, that's what you are. And I do thus and so in order to support myself and my family and my church, those that need me. And it's perfectly right that we try to be the best we can at our work. We ought not to be a slovenly employee. We ought to strive to be the best. Not because that's how we identify. We identify as I am a child of God. I am a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you see, some days, I noticed this way back when, when my daddy was dying. My daddy was a, was a truck driver most of his life. When he was 15 years old, he left his home in Woodford County on a farm, and he had a team of mules and a wagon. And he went to outside of Winchester, Kentucky. They were building Highway 15 to Hazard. That's an old highway now, isn't it? 
It's a long way to hazard it on 15. But that was a brand new highway then. And my daddy was 15 years old. And he leased that team of mules and that wagon to that contractor hauling dirt, building Highway 15. Now, my dad was a true teamster. If you've noticed, a teamster's union, they've got a wagon wheel and two horses, two horse heads. That's where that teamster comes from. They were originally teamsters, and my dad was one. And he went from that to a, to a truck. I don't know what kind of truck he drove the first guy, but he drove the old ones and he drove the old hard ones. He was one. He was the first one to ever haul a load of livestock from Lexington, Kentucky, to New York City over the road. They used. They did it by train, but not by trucks. And it took him, I don't know, way over a week to go up there. And I think his expense money ran about twenty twenty five dollars, ten cents a gallon for gas and all that. It was quite a deal, but he was the first one to ever run one by road up here. So my dad was a trucker. Well, when he was dying of lung cancer, I talked to him and talked to him about a truck, some one I'd seen or something. I couldn't get him to even comment on it. I mean, he was into trucks. But he had no interest at all in a truck then. It was all gone. So whatever you, what I'm, my point is, whatever, whatever you put your whole life and all of your energy and all everything into, don't leave the Lord out of it. Because that's going to be long gone. Whatever it was. It fades, it goes, it's gone. Something else or somebody else done moved in on it and there's no thought of you in it. Because that's what it is. It's something of this world and this world will not continue on. Ultimately it's going to be burnt up. What will last is what you've done for the Lord. So what's he saying? Follow thou me. The main business of our lives is are to follow the Lord. Of course we follow him in salvation. He is our salvation. Lock, stock, and barrel. He is our Savior. And he's the only one to follow. Now you say, well, that's just what everybody believes. No, no, no. The majority of the so-called Christian denominations out there, they've got other stuff besides Jesus and his finished work of redemption. I've read it to you several times. All of the denominations, they all believe some part or parcel of baptism or baby sprinkling does something to save you other than Jesus Christ. So there aren't many out there that, that know that Jesus Christ himself is the author and finisher of our salvation. Amen. So we must follow him in salvation. And secondly, we must follow him in our service. I hear him saying, used to, I'm not around many of them anymore. Used to hear him saying, well, 
Yeah, this was a big thing. Nobody deserves to hear the gospel twice until everybody's heard it once. Nobody deserves to hear it once. If you even hear it once, you've heard it by the grace of God. But then they say, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, uh, Go ye into all the world, teaching, baptizing, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe whatsoever I've commanded you. Three-part commission. And I've heard them say so many times, well, the most important part of that is getting them saved. You ever heard that? Well, they're wrong. They're preaching heresy. God has never given us the authority to preach by superlity. This is the best that you can do. The best that we can do is what God says. And we have no right to omit anything. And to say, well, we just, we, we got to get them saved. You can't do it. You can't get them saved. All you can do is preach the gospel. And if the sovereign spirit brings it to them in power, they'll be saved, but not because of you. The gospel is a power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So, our efforts to get them saved, uh, we just can't do it. There have been all kinds of efforts through the years. Of these denominations, Baptist conventions and all that. We're going to save the world for Christ. We're going to win the world for Christ. Now what they end up doing is bringing the world into them. Uh, there's many things we all have to do. You can't use your service to the Lord as an excuse to neglect your wife or your husband or your children. You can't do that. You can't use your service to the Lord as an excuse to not go to work. I've known of preachers do that. I'll tell you what, I name right now. I remember take, taking food to fellow that had quit a good job and had a wife and a bunch of three kids and one of them had bad heart problems and, and all that. I didn't even know them. They're living up on Sexton's Creek and uh, outside of Manchester. Back in a holler, living in a, got a house that didn't have electric in it. No running water, no electric. When I got up there, he was out with a shotgun, had two, two shells, trying to shoot some groundhogs. Had, they had light bread and water. Water gravy. That's what they was eating. And he had quit a good job. And justified himself, I'm up here serving the Lord. No, you're not. God says if a man doesn't provide for his own He's worse than an infidel having denied the faith. Amen? Amen? You can't use your service to God as an excuse to avoid everything. You cannot do it. Say, so, well, it just means I've got a lot to do. Let me tell you what. 
if you're going to serve the Lord, if you're going to preach, you're going to serve the Lord in any capacity at all, even just serving as a faithful church member, you don't have as much time as everybody else has got. If you come to the house of God every Sunday morning and stay there for all the services and you go there Wednesday night and then you attend any other special services, you don't have the time that all of your work buddies have. You see, they can carry on all week and lay up in the bed on Sunday morning. They've got no obligations whatsoever. Tell you something else you don't have. If you're a child of God, you're a faithful child of God. If you tithe and give offerings, you don't have as much money as they've got. Tell you something else. You can't get away with what they get away with, not that you'd want to. They can go here and get drunk or get a little bit loop-legged. You can't do that. Amen? Alcohol is not a good thing, folks. Matter of fact, it's wicked. They used to call it demon rum, didn't they? And our covenant says we will not partake of it as a beverage. That's what it says. People don't believe that now. It's okay with everybody now. Not if you're a child of God, not if you're serving the Lord. So you don't have, you don't have the licentious freedom everybody else has got. They can do anything. Nothing matters to them. But you've got, even with these preachers talking about the law, we still have the Ten Commandments. We still are not free to break the Ten Commandments. Even though Jesus says you must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. I understand that. Because we've got a heart and they don't. But we still begin with the Ten Commandments. And we can't do what they all do. We've got to conduct our lives to honor the Lord. We're following the Lord. <coughs> so, whatever we've got to do in our lives, and we have to take care of our responsibilities. I've known of preachers, pastors, that didn't even pay their bills. Yeah. One thing a preacher ought to be is honest. Amen. He ought to tell the truth in the pulpit. He ought to preach the truth. And he ought to live the truth in his life. Right. If you borrow money, go into debt, you must pay your debts. Amen? Amen. If you don't, you're stealing. Amen? I'm not picking on anybody. I'm telling you, that's we don't. We're not free like everybody else. I don't want that kind of freedom. I'm a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, whatever you've got responsibilities of doing, your main business is to follow Jesus. That's your main business. Mine too. 
If you're called to preach, be a missionary, whatever, that's your main business. Follow Jesus. Now, you know, you can get people. People get on the mission field to build buildings. I don't see where God called anybody to go build a building. He called us to go and preach the gospel and, and to follow the Lord and teach scriptural baptism and practice it and so on. All right. Look at Acts, the eighth chapter. When you sit out to serve the Lord, call to preach or whatever, beware of this. See, Jesus said, what is that to thee, Peter? What is whatever John does? What's that to you? What business is that of yours? So well, he's got this and he's got that. No, 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 no. What is that to you? Look what happened here in Acts 8. I'm shorting this. Verse 17, the apostles there, and they laid their hands. And they received the Holy Ghost. Now this is doing the same thing the apostle Paul did in Acts 19. Extension of the day of Pentecost. When Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Now that's not the Holy Spirit in the regeneration, in the indwelling. That's the Holy Spirit in the gifts of the Spirit as the day of Pentecost. He offered them money. Simon, he's actually a sorcerer. Made a profession of faith, but it was false. And he offered them money to give him the gift to do what they were doing. So saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee, for I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. That's sin, in the bond of sin. Your heart's not right, you haven't been saved, trying to buy the gift of God. Well, there are lots of folks do that. We must all follow the Lord first in Scripture in confession. We're not ashamed of Him. That's what He says. In baptism and in church membership. However, 
not just any. You and I have got an obligation to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to search the Scriptures and find out what kind of church Jesus built. That's how you follow Jesus, not just go out and join whatever you want to join. If they've got enough music for you, or this or that, enough games, enough, enough social clubs, and all of that, you search the scriptures and you find out what were the New Testament churches like? What did they do? What was going on in them? And it's not hard to find. Matter of fact, the first few chapters of Acts will give you a big heads up on that. What's your main business? Follow the Lord. But you can't follow Him through your family, friends, or even preachers. You've got to find it through the Word. Now somebody's helping you learn to study the Word, that's alright. But I'm not, I'm talking about preachers in their own heads telling you anything. You must follow the Lord. And you must follow his word. And we must follow him in being faithful. Is our Lord faithful? Amen. Uh, Brother Dave, did you tell us that, that the Lord's given us something that we should rejoice in? That we're heirs of Christ? Amen. We got, have we got any doubts that we're not going to receive that? Shouldn't have. Because he's proven himself to be faithful. And one thing a child of God ought to be is faithful. Not on today, off tomorrow. On today, on tomorrow, on tomorrow. Say, well, some things came up. There ain't nothing can come up to take you away. What did he say in Romans 8? Look at Romans 8 real quick. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. That's what's going on, been going on for a long time. But we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. That's what this world counts us as. That's what we're just talking about. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There we've got the supreme example set for us of faithfulness. And dare we not be faithful in our own capacity? 
Faithfulness is what's called for, and that's what we need. And that faithfulness is not based on contingencies. You ever heard the little joke? The boy talking to his girlfriend said, Honey, said, I'll come, I'll come to see you Friday night. It doesn't matter what's going on, I'll be there. And then he calls and said, It's raining, I can't make it. And that's where we are with the Lord. Our service does not depend on contingencies. We're going to be faithful to you, Lord, if everything goes like I want it. I'll tell you what, I hear that. Well, see, we had this come up. We can't serve you now. Really? Really? Before I get away from this. To follow the Lord, he says, husbands, love your wives. <laughs> and then what is it? Even as Christ loved his church and gave himself for it. Oh, the church doesn't make any difference. I hear it. Oh, you're just making too much out of that church. Really? And the Lord gave his life for it. He suffered and died for it. His kind of church. Oh, well, it'll all be over in heaven. Oh, no, it won't. Ephesians 3, he said, world without end. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Then you say, yeah, but she, that's not what he said. He didn't give you a but she. God says, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Puts a different complexion on it, doesn't it? And it says to the wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. And you say, but he, he says, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. And you may say, well, I'll straighten out if he, he or she will. If she'll straighten out, I will. No, that's not what he tells you to do. You straighten out regardless of what she does. You straighten out regardless of what he does. Now, I'm not saying to justify wife abuse, spouse abuse, and all that stuff. But I'm talking about normal life. Now, it really does not matter what others do. So, well, this one has got this. I don't. They stand before the Lord with that. Whatever they've got. I've got what I've got. I've got what the Lord's given me. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be with it. I'd like to be with it for a while longer. But I know it can't last too long. I know how old I am. I'm thankful I'm still going. Brother Walker never lived as long as I've lived. And then the last... Two or three years of his life, he wasn't able to cogitate, think. I'm thankful to God what I've got. 
I don't know whether y'all think I'm senile yet or not. Uh, I don't think I am, but, you know, maybe I'm badly fooled. I don't know. But anyway, our main business is to follow the Lord. And not all, not, notice the commands that you say, do thou, and it's not based on a contingency. Do this only if everybody else does what they're supposed to do. If there wasn't anybody else in the world, I got to do what God told me to do. That's it. And that's the main business of my life. I'll quit.